No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Isaiah pronounces God's future judgment on the nations. It will be a day of vengeance and recompense, making the land perpetually barren. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 34 on Simply the Bible. Most people simply don't like to talk about doomsday. We can understand. I mean, it's depressing. But if something bad is certain to happen and we pay no attention to the warnings, then we are fools for it. Years ago, when Hurricane Katrina hit the Gulf Coast, many in New Orleans failed to heed the evacuation warnings. When the floods came, many of them who survived had to be rescued by boat. Now, those warnings were based on the opinions of meteorologists, and we all know how inaccurate the weatherman can be. But we have the sure word of God that a storm is coming. It will be the worst storm ever to hit the planet, and the devastation that will occur in those days is unthinkable. If we ignore the warnings that God has clearly given in Scripture, then we will suffer for it. We continue in Isaiah chapter 34. Come near, you nations, to hear, and heed, you people. Let the earth hear, and all that is in it, the world and all things that come forth from it. So Isaiah is issuing a universal proclamation, gathering the nations to hear what he has to say. That sounds pretty important. For the indignation of the Lord is against all nations and his fury against all their armies. He's utterly destroyed them. He has given them over to the slaughter. Also, their slain shall be thrown out. Their stench shall rise from their corpses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. Now, while most people freely accept the love of God, many have trouble accepting the wrath of God. But what do they think God will do with evil in the world? Will he judge Adolf Hitler the same way he judges the Apostle Paul? God has established a time when he will judge the world. We know this as the day of the Lord. We now live in the age of grace where God is testifying by the Holy Spirit of his son, Jesus Christ, and calling people to repentance and faith in him so that they can be forgiven of their sins and justified before God. But that day of grace will end and the day of God's indignation will come when he will come against the nations that have rejected his son and persecuted his people. It says here that he will utterly destroy the armies of the world. The Hebrew word that is translated utterly destroy here means devoted or completely given over. In other words, the nations will be completely given over to destruction and slaughter before the Lord Almighty. Now, in Revelation 19, we are told about the great battle of Armageddon where the nations will gather against Jerusalem and against the Lord. So much blood will flow that it will erode the mountains, we are told here in Isaiah. In Revelation 14, 19, it says, So the angel swung his sickle 
over the earth and loaded the grapes into the great winepress of God's wrath. The grapes were trampled in the winepress outside the city and the blood flowed from the winepress in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. That describes the horrendous slaughter that will occur in that great battle. Isaiah 34, 4. All of the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled up like a scroll. All their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falls from the vine, and as fruit falling from a fig tree. There will be dreadful signs in the heavens. Even Jesus spoke of this in Matthew chapter 24. He said, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And the Apostle John wrote in Revelation 6, I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of its place. Now, I cannot tell you what all these descriptions mean. It does sound as though meteors will be striking the earth during that great tribulation period. We know that such meteors can do catastrophic damage to the earth's surface and atmosphere. Verse 5, For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Indeed, it shall come down on Edom and on the people of my curse for judgment. Now, of all the nations, the Lord singles out Edom, who were the descendants of Esau. There was great conflict between Isaac's two sons, Jacob and Esau, and between their descendants. Apparently, Edom is representative of all the nations that are against Israel in the last days. According to the prophet Obadiah, the Edomites rejoiced at the downfall of Jerusalem by King Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C., God told Abraham that he would bless those who blessed him and curse those who cursed him. Jacob was the heir of the promised Messiah, for God rejected Esau because he was a man of the flesh who had no regard for spiritual things. And because Esau's descendants cursed Israel, well, they were under God's curse. The same is true for any nation that stands against God's chosen people, Israel. Search through the annals of history and see if you can find even one nation that stood against Israel that did not suffer the consequences by the hand of God. That is why it is so important that we as a nation stand with Israel. Verse 6, The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made overflowing with fatness with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of kidneys of rams. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. The wild oxen shall come down with them and the young bulls with the mighty bulls, their land shall be soaked with blood and their dust saturated with fatness. 
Now, the blood and fat of the sacrifice animals always belonged to the Lord. The people were never to eat those parts. God uses this imagery of sacrificed oxen and bulls to show that Edom would be sacrificed. Basra was the capital city of Edom. Again, Edom symbolizes the nations of the world that will be sacrificed in the battle of Armageddon in the valley of Megiddo. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompense for the cause of Zion. So this is known in Scripture as the day of the Lord. It's the day of His vengeance and year of His recompense. That is the just judgment of the rebellious when they finally get what they deserve. Now we are commanded to never take personal revenge on others because God has said, vengeance is mine, it is mine to repay. And thus we wait upon the Lord to settle the matters, ultimately. Verse 9, its streams shall be turned into pitch and its dust into brimstone. Its land shall become burning pitch. It shall not be quenched night or day. Its smoke shall ascend forever from generation to generation. It shall lie waste. No one shall pass through it forever and ever. And so this judgment that will occur on the land is no doubt symbolic of the final judgment of everlasting fire that we know as Gehenna, hell. Uh, it is that imagery that is shown here. Now, in Mark 9.48, Jesus spoke of the wicked who will be cast into Gehenna, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Now, understand that Gehenna was not created for man, but for the devil and his angels. And yet, those who choose to follow Satan in his rebellion against God will ultimately go there along with Satan. Verse 11, But the pelican and the porcupine shall possess it. Also the owl and the raven shall dwell in it, and he shall stretch out over it the line of confusion and the stones of emptiness. They shall call its nobles to the kingdom. But none shall be there, and all its princes shall be nothing. And thorns shall come up in its palaces, nettles and brambles in its fortresses. It shall be a habitation of jackals, a courtyard for ostriches. The wild beasts of this desert shall also meet with the jackals, and the wild goat shall bleat to its companion. Also the night creature shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest. There the arrow snake shall make her nest and lay eggs and hatch and gather them under her shadow. There also shall the hawks be gathered, every one with her mate." And so God is describing here what shall happen to the nations that come against Israel in that great battle and how these cities will become just haunts for every sort of wild animal. That's what the land will be like after God's destruction. It will be occupied by bramble and thorns, wild beasts, and they will inhabit the former metropolitan areas. Search from the book of the Lord. And read, not one of these shall fail, not one shall lack her mate, for my mouth has commanded it, and his spirit has gathered them. He has cast the lot for them, 
and his hand has divided it among them with a measuring line. They shall possess it forever from generation to generation. They shall dwell in it. Now, Isaiah calls them to search from the book of the Lord and read. Has any prophecy of God ever failed? Has God not always done what he said he would do? Indeed, it is impossible for even one word of God to fall to the ground. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now, Isaiah says that the spirit will gather these wild animals into these former cities and they will possess them forever throughout the millennium. Again, I believe the context here is the land of Edom, but it could also be referring to other cities that come against God during that last great battle. Now, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.11, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I would not wish for my worst enemy to go through the things that are going to be occurring in the world during that time. And the sad and tragic thing is, is, is that it is so unnecessary for anyone to go through that because God has made the way for us through Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for our sins. So my word to you is, if you're messing around with sin, if you are putting off the day of hearing God's voice and turning your heart to him, why put it off? Don't put it off. Stop what you're doing that you know is wrong. Turn to the Lord. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you and make you a new creation in Christ Jesus because the time is running out. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see where Isaiah proclaims a woe against plunderers and a prayer for grace. God will rise to judge Jerusalem, but later it will be the land of the majestic king. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.